1: and the 2021 movie, House of Gucci. Maurizio Gucci was born in Florence, Italy on September 26, 1948. His parents were both actors. His grandfather was Guccio Gucci, the founder of the Gucci Fashion House, essentially a company that sells overpriced clothing and accessories. It's a self-proclaimed elite or luxury brand. In 1972, Maurizio Gucci went to work for the Gucci company in New York City. He worked with his uncle. That same year, he married a woman named Patrizia Reggiani. They had met about two years earlier at a party. She was about the same age as Gucci, about two months younger. The couple would go on to have two daughters, one born in 1976 and another in 1981. In 1982, Gucci and his family moved back to Italy and the next year he sued his uncle to get control of the Gucci company. His uncle wasn't too happy about this, and in 1986 accused Gucci of forging his father's signature to evade inheritance taxes. Gucci fled to Switzerland to avoid prosecution, but eventually was found guilty. He would later be acquitted. Gucci sold 47.8% of the Gucci company to an investment bank in 1988. Five years later, he sold his remaining shares to the same company. This meant that the Gucci family was no longer part of the Gucci fashion house. Now, moving back to Gucci's relationship with his wife, Patricia. When they were first married, Gucci's father was not too happy about it. He said that Patricia was a social climber who had nothing in mind but money. In 1983, Gucci's father died. He was devastated, lost, and didn't seem to care about anything. It appears as though his mood really changed at this point. On May 22, 1985, Gucci took a trip to Florence, Italy. The next day, he communicated to his wife through a physician that he was not coming back for the weekend, and he may not be coming back at all. A few days later, a friend confirmed that he wasn't coming back, and his decision was final. Their marriage had found its conclusion. Five years later, he started dating another woman named Paola Franchi, who was younger than his wife. She had actually attended his wedding to Patricia. By this time, of course, Gucci had sold all of the Gucci company to that investment bank for hundreds of millions of dollars. So he was quite wealthy. In 1994, Gucci's divorce was finalized. In the settlement, Patricia had been awarded about a million and a half dollars a year in alimony, Gucci started planning to marry Franchi, but it would appear as though Patricia had other plans. Evidently, if Gucci remarried, his ex-wife's alimony would have been reduced to $860,000 a year. Instead of attempting to survive on this minute quantity of funds, she arranged to have Gucci killed. On March 27, 1995, Gucci was on the steps outside his office, just about to enter, when he was shot and killed by a hitman. The hitman also shot the building's doorman twice in the arm, but he would survive. Patrizia was arrested and convicted. She was sentenced to 29 years in prison. Later, it was reduced to 26 years. She was able to get special permission to have a pet ferret in prison. She named the ferret Bambi. Just as Patricia was crushed under the weight of her own homicidal rage, Bambi was crushed under the weight of another inmate. The prisoner sat on the ferret and killed it. Patricia was eligible for parole under a work release program in October of 2011, but she would not participate. She said, quote, I've never worked in my life, and I'm certainly not going to start now, unquote. In 2014, she started working in a work release program. This led her to take a part-time position at a jewelry firm. She was released from prison in October of 2016 after serving only 18 years. Now moving to my analysis. There was never any question about the guilt of Patricia. Not only was she part of an enterprise that marketed gaudy and tacky products, she committed murder. Prior to the homicide, Patricia asked her cleaner on two occasions to help her find a hitman. In court, she admitted that she had asked a number of people if they knew a hitman. She tried to act like she really didn't want to murder her husband. She implied that she simply had a mere desire and obsession. Not sure how that's different from intent, but that's how she framed it. Ultimately, a woman who had moved in with Patricia to help her write a book about her relationship with her husband got in touch with a night porter at a hotel named Ivano Savioni. He contacted another man, this man hired the killer. So, this was a large, clunky conspiracy. As I mentioned, the murder occurred on March 27, 1995 the police received an anonymous phone call on January 8, 1997, and started investigating Ivano. He was now trying to find another hitman, this time to threaten or murder Patricia. Apparently, she did not pay him all the money that he was due. Ivano did not find a hitman, but he did find an undercover police officer pretending to be a hitman. I guess the analogy would be that he was looking for a Gucci product and found a cheap knockoff. This led to everybody involved in the conspiracy being arrested. Ultimately, they would all be convicted. In addition to other evidence used to convict Patricia, she had made an entry in her diary for March 27 that the police found to be suspicious. It was the Greek word for paradise. Instead, she should have entered, I definitely didn't have anybody murdered today. Patricia sort of maintained her innocence even after being convicted. She said, quote, I don't think of myself as innocent. I think of myself as not guilty. But in the not guilty, I have to admit I have made too many mistakes. Unquote. As far as her motive for the murder, envy and greed probably played a part. In a voice message she left for her husband, she said, quote, You've reached the extreme limit of making yourself despised by your daughters who no longer want to see you. To forget the trauma. You are a deformed outgrowth. You are a painful appendix that all of us want to forget. For you, hell is yet to come. Unquote. I think the reality of this case is that Patricia lost a lot when Gucci left her. Before returning to Italy, the couple had a good life in New York City. They were part of the so called elite. Patricia said they had a beautiful life and were a beautiful couple. They were friends with members of the Kennedy family. They knew Donald Trump. They made voyages to private islands on their yacht and went on ski trips. They had a holiday residence in Acapulco, a farm in Connecticut. Patricia would spend thousands of dollars a week just on orchids. She was committed to the elite lifestyle. She was royalty and deserved only the best. Everything changed when Gucci's father died. He inherited his father's 50% ownership of Gucci, along with a lot of responsibility. Lawsuits would follow, as would Gucci's mismanagement of the company. He didn't know how to run a fashion house and was losing millions of dollars before he eventually sold his shares. Patricia was angry at Gucci for losing the company. She couldn't understand why he was so incompetent and irresponsible. She said, quote, he shouldn't have done that to me, unquote. She also noted that Gucci started gaining weight and dressing badly. He started hanging out with who she referred to as unsubstantial people, grew distant from her, and became cold. She always thought of Gucci as a weak man and herself as a strong woman behind him. But after he rejected her, she was no longer a player in this game. Here's what I think happened in the Gucci murder case. This is just my opinion. This couple was accustomed to the lifestyle that I talked about. The wealth that Gucci had was based on inflated value. The so-called elite brands like Gucci might make decent products, but they sell them for many times the price of comparable products. One could argue that a product is worth what people will pay. This is really the basis of their success. They created this idea around their brand that if someone owns a Gucci product, they are superior. They are elite. That's why many people are willing to pay so much. It's all about image, the idea that they can gain entry into a high-status world. They can say, look, I paid too much for this handbag. That means I'm amazing and should be honored. There's nothing special about the design of Gucci products. It's all in how they market them. When Maurizio took over the company, he was now in charge of this phoniness that was driving the company's success. He directed the company to make too many products. Now the rarity was gone. A consumer could no longer become elite by buying a Gucci product because the market was flooded. The company started going downhill. Patricia was highly displeased at this loss. She considered herself to be something of a princess, and now she was being demoted. She tolerated this defeat, but when her husband left her, that was the last straw. She had obtained a level of status by being in the Gucci family she was not willing to lose it. After the divorce, she was no longer allowed to use the name Gucci, but she continued to anyway. I think this case is about how people who live shallow and meaningless lives are not good at tolerating stress. They have tied their worth to an image. When that image is damaged, they lash out in a desperate attempt to restore it. I think this murder was about envy, revenge, greed, arrogance, insecurity, a sense of entitlement, and a failure to accept reality. Now moving to my final thoughts. Patricia sometimes comes across in the media as a quirky and light-hearted character, like murder was no big deal. People think that maybe she was a victim too because she lost so much fame and fortune. She was reduced to living with a ferret in prison, only to have the animal crushed under the weight of a fellow inmate. I think this case is similar in a way to the Betty Broderick situation. In both cases, a wife was rejected, the husband found a younger love interest, the wife was awarded a settlement and a divorce, which caused her lifestyle to take a hit, neither perpetrator apologized for their crimes, both had been voluntarily defined by murder. It is a badge of honor to them. People look at what the perpetrators went through and think, this was unfair. They start to empathize with the suffering of the perpetrators. All the glamour surrounding the Gucci case specifically can make it easy for someone to forget that Patricia arranged for a man to kill her husband. The hitman shot her husband three times in the body. When he fell to the ground, he shot him one more time in the head. This was a serious business. In the fake plastic world these people lived in, they would find out that feelings of betrayal and revenge can be very real. Even today, Patricia complains about the consequences of her homicidal behavior, unable to relinquish her role as a victim. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. American Vigilante. Now.